Mom and dad, let me tell you this. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but, you know, in the first hour, we had the 12th graders come up on the platform so we could pray over them as they start their senior year. You have, and we had a, um, a little baby here today that's 19 days old, I think. From the time your baby's born to the time that they walk across the stage and get their high school diploma, that's about 7,000 days. Now, I know for some of these young families, that sounds like an eternity. But for some of us, we could testify, it flies. It flies by so quickly. And here's what I want to say to our families that are in this room today. Grace Life wants to partner with you and walk with you in the journey of discipling your students to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. And we want to do that across every day of those 7,000 days. But all our want won't change a thing if you won't give us that opportunity. And so I just want to ask you respectfully this morning to, to give us that opportunity to come alongside you, to work with you. You're their primary disciple maker that God has put in their life. But we want to undergird you and we want to pray for you and we want to support you. And we want to provide your children with some incredible opportunities to grow, not only in their relationship with the Lord, but in community with other students who are being raised in the same way. We want to create that atmosphere around them. So I want to encourage you to help us do that. Increasingly, we're seeing families kind of make that more and more of an option. It's sort of like other things in my child's life mean more to me than their spiritual development. And, and I don't want that to be true of you. And if that's true of you right now, I want to encourage you to hear from the Lord today and don't make that grave mistake of elevating anything above the spiritual development of your child. Too often these days I'm seeing and hearing parents who are just, when it comes to spiritual development, kind of letting their child decide how much. And I don't understand that. It's kind of like, well, if Junior wants to go to that, we'll let him go to that. And if he doesn't, if he wants to go to church, we'll let him. If he doesn't want to go to church, then we're not going to make him go to church. With all due respect, are you crazy? You, you don't do that in any other area of their life. Why would you do that when it comes to the most important part of their life? Let me tell you about a family at Grace Life that gets it. Several weeks ago, I was out in the concourse, and I saw a young man that... I know he's coming in, into the 10th grade. Well, that's, that's my crosshairs. I have 10th through 12th grade. That's my passion. And, and I knew enough about this kid to know he's kind of quiet and kind of shy. And so far in his life, he hasn't really connected in or anything. And so I, I went over there, too, and church was about to start. But I had a minute, and I go over, and I said, hey. And I called his name, and I said, this Wednesday night, I'm starting up with 10th through 12th grade. I want you to be there. Well, he didn't even look at me. He didn't, he didn't like... Like, totally tuning me out. He's shy and quiet, you know, and he, didn't, he wouldn't even look up at me. And I said, look, man, I'm telling you, if you don't step in from the jump on this next Wednesday night, it's going to get easier to make an excuse the next week. And it's going to get easier to make an excuse the next week. And I said, and this whole school year is going to go by, and I will never see you. I don't want that to happen, man. I want to know you. I want to care for you. I want to love you, right? But I didn't get much from him. Then I came in here, I greeted a few of y'all right before church started, and then the Lord just had me intersect right with his mom and dad. And I stopped, and I said, hey, listen, here's the conversation I just had with your child out there. And I kind of told him what I had said to him, and I said, you know, we got to get this going from the jump right now. And his dad looked at me square in the eyes, and he said to me, he'll be there. And he was there. And he's been there every time the doors have been opened across this summer. When we loaded up vans and took them on an outing, he was there. When we did this or that, he was there. Thank the Lord for parents 
who parents. Thank the Lord for parents who lead their children. I pray that we would all be more faithful in that area. And I'm so thankful that that family is and for the example that they're setting for us. Now, here we are at the beginning of this new season. And, and I'm excited. But I would say the same thing to us all today that I said to that kid in the concourse. I mean, there's new opportunities today in front of us. And new opportunities this week as a church family in front of us. But if you hem-haw around at the beginning of this season and start making excuses, it's going to get easier to make excuses as the season goes on. And before long, this season will be gone, and you will have missed the opportunities that God put in front of you. And you won't get that time back. And you won't get those opportunities back. And, and I just want to encourage you, dare I even say challenge you with a heart of love and grace and concern today. That we wouldn't make that mistake and miss out on those opportunities. I love what God's doing in our college ministry. You know, we're not in a college town. And college ministry here has always been challenging and difficult. But our college ministry is booming. They have about 40 college, I say college students, but some of them are working. They're working in auto factories and coal mines and whatever they're doing. And some of them are in college. But they all gather on Wednesday nights, about 40 of them. And, I mean, they're not like fluffy Bible study. They're digging. They're digging. They're getting after it. And I love that. Last year in the fall semester, I provided a meal for them every Wednesday night. That just became my thing. It wasn't elaborate. I'm not a great cook. I was really just teaching them how to cook on the cheap. So we did lots of, you know, macaroni and cheese and ramen noodles and made up some crazy stuff. And, and that was fun. But then when I got back into high school ministry and other things were happening, I couldn't, I couldn't keep that going. So I, I said, hey, I can't do that anymore. Well, they've stepped up. And for the last year, they've been providing their own meals. So like last week, one of the college students provided dinner for 40 other of his friends to come to Bible study. That's an amazing level of commitment. But I want to say to you this morning, if maybe like God put kids on Rick's heart to pray for and support, maybe this morning as I say that, something about college is kind of going off in your mind. You're like, man, that could be a place for me. And so if you would have an interest in college ministry or maybe you'd be willing to put a couple pans of lasagna together for them one Wednesday night, you can email our interns here at Grace Life at intern at yourgracelife.com, intern at yourgracelife.com. You say, hey, I want to help out. Tell me how I can do that. How can I provide a meal for you guys? What, what do you guys need? How, how can I help you? They're not going to ask for a lot. They're, they're kind of, you know, self-sufficient and independent, and they're really kind of cool like that. But if you're interested, there's some opportunities. The number one way you can bless them and care for them is to pray for them. Because when you're 18 to 25 you're making life's most important decisions, typically, right? I mean, you're deciding school, you're deciding vocation, you're deciding relationships, you're deciding marriage. If there's ever a season in a person's life where Jesus needs to be clearly in focus, it's that season. And so I just want to encourage you to keep those students, those college young men and women, on your hearts and your minds and to be lifting them up in prayer. All right, let's talk about us adults now, okay, just a little bit. So life groups are back today. How many of you are glad life groups are back after a few weeks of pit crew? I love that too. I love pit crews. One of the best things that happens with pit crews is that you start missing your life group. And that's a good thing. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. So you're kind of coming back now into life groups with some renewed passion and vigor, and that's a really good thing. Listen, if you're looking for a life group, if you just rolled in here today for the 1030 service and you figured out, hey, I probably don't want to just roll in at 1030 because there's not a lot of parking out there. How many of you figured that out today? Not a lot of parking going on out there. So we got an overflow lot down in the bottom, gravel lot. So if you can't find a spot, we got some more places down there. Pull off to the side, whatever. Just find a spot. But if you're here today and you didn't go to a life group at the 9 o'clock hour, we would love to help you find one. Listen, 
here's why that's important. That's where life happens. That's where relationships happen. I love this big room, and I love what happens in here, but true biblical fellowship can't happen in this room. True biblical fellowship can't happen in this setting. So true biblical fellowship happens and begins to happen. It doesn't finish there, but it's a launching point, at least, in life groups where true biblical fellowship, loving one another, caring for one another, serving one another, meeting needs, praying for one one another, that's where that happens. I was so encouraged that after the first hour, there was a line of people to get to me and my team to talk about, hey, we've never been to a life group. We're looking for a life group today. So right now, there's a whole lot of new people in a life group in this hour. And so next week, maybe you could be in a 9 o'clock life group. So I'm doing the same thing today. When this service is over, I'll be out these doors to the left, a little place out there we call the front porch, and I'll have a team of people out there to help you and assist you to know uh, some life groups you could try out next Sunday morning. We'll give you a list, and we'll circle a few on there you can try out. We will bend over backwards to do anything we can do to help you out with that. Also happening today is something new called Life Group Branch Fellowships. I kind of sat down with the whole list of our life groups, and I clumped them together in what I'm calling branches. And I thought, you know what would be a good idea? If these groups got together and just kind of got to know each other a little bit, kind of talk about what's your group do? What's your, how, what's your life group like? Well, this is what we do, and this is effective for us. And just getting to know each other, having a good time, having some laughs. So that's starting today for some of our groups at 530. Outside the pavilion, our college students, our young adults. The main, the bridge, young families. This is kind of the 18 to 39-year-old demographic, roughly. We're putting them at the pavilion because we figured they could handle the heat better than some of the seasoned people. Is that a good way to say it? An O word almost came out of my mouth, and I reeled it back in and went with seasoned instead. And part of the reason we're putting them out there because they're going to have a ton of children and kids, and so they can just kind of enjoy all the space and stuff that's out there. And then in the Student Center, Redeemed by Grace, Grow in Faith, Follow Me, Cornerstone, that's kind of the 39 to 59, and there's a whole lot of liars in that group because they, they ain't 59, but we love them, all right? But that's going to be in the Student Center tonight. And, and if we get out of space, we can roll up the garage doors and spill out onto the patio and just enjoy that, have a good time. If you got kids, they can enjoy that space too. And then in the multi-purpose room in this building, Seekers, Timothy, Hearts and Hands, Fellowship, Charity, and Hannah, they're meeting today as well. So I know you guys are all going to enjoy that. And then next Sunday, the 13th, you can see the groups that are going to be meeting, and then we'll start it again on the 20th and again on the 27th. So that's what August is going to look like. So listen, those are opportunities, you hear me? Those are opportunities that aren't going to happen in September. Those are August opportunities. So you got to show up and receive those opportunities in August. And don't make excuses in August for not doing that because you're not going to have the opportunity to do that come September. All right? So I want to encourage you to jump in there, be a part of that. And adults, let me talk about Wednesday nights real quick. This Wednesday nights, we kick off adult Bible studies. Everything wide open beginning this Wednesday nights from babies all the way through. So we've got a women's Bible study that starts Wednesday night called When You Pray. We have a men's Bible study called Pursuit. And we have a co-ed Bible study on Psalm 23. And so we'll have signage posted out there, what rooms they're going to be meeting in. All that starts at 6.30. And ladies, by the way, that ladies Bible study is also offered on Tuesday nights at 6.30 and on Thursday mornings at 9 o'clock. All those are right here on our campus. If you have any questions about that, just contact any of our staff, pastors, and we'll help you out with that. And men, let me give you some dates to save on your calendar. I'm going to tell you the background. I didn't, I didn't go into the details of this in the first hour, but I'll tell you the background of this. I went to a, a funeral for a friend of mine, and three other of my friends were preaching that funeral, and I just listened to them 
one after another, unpack the Word of God in such a beautiful way. And I thought, man, I, I got an idea with that. And so I came back and I reserved three Sunday nights for us men, September 17th, October 22nd, November 12th. We're going to gather men and our friends and our coworkers in this room, and we're going to worship the Lord. And I'm going to be inviting some of my local pastor friends to come and to preach and to share God's word. And then after that's over, we'll have some fellowship and some food together. It's going to be a beautiful time, gentlemen. So lock those dates down on your calendar. And I am. I'm excited about what's happening right now at Grace Life. You know, year one on this campus was kind of weird, to be honest with you. It was weird for all of y'all. It was new and different and a little uncomfortable and strange. And we all felt that. But now it's kind of different. It's, we're settling in. It's sort of becoming home. And I think we're getting the training wheels off of this bicycle. And so here we are. And honestly, I, I texted all of our staff this past week. And I'll, I'll tell you what I said. I said, in all the time that I've been blessed to be a part of this church family, I have never seen the Lord position us so perfectly with the right people at the right place at the right time than, than the way I see that he's positioned us right now. And that's so exciting, and we just thank the Lord for that. The Lord is blessing us at Grace Life with this abundance of opportunity. And so that's my word for today. It's the word opportunity, opportunity. And I love that word. I love to think about that. And I think Paul felt a lot like I feel today as I look out at you guys when he thought about the church at Ephesus. I want you to hear what Paul said to that church almost 2,000 years ago now. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. He says to them these words, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. All right, I hear you, Paul. What does that mean? What does it mean to not live like a fool? What does it mean to live wise? He says this, verse 16, make the most of every, what? Opportunity. Make the most, the most, that's a superlative word, right? Max out. Every opportunity. Make the most of every, of every opportunity. Like don't go halfway in or don't go all in sometimes. But max out every time. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Are the days that you and I are in, are they evil too? Oh yeah, probably increasingly so. How much more then should we as followers of Jesus be making the most of the opportunities that he's putting before us. Listen, evil is making the most of every opportunity, I promise you. How much more then should we as God's people be making the most of every opportunity in these days? And then he says this, verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly. How often do we not even think about what we're doing? It's just routine. We're just going through the motions. It's just, it's just habit. There's no intention, no intentionality about it, no, no purpose that's fueling it or driving it. He says, that's foolish. That's not wise. He says, don't act thoughtlessly. But instead, understand what the Lord wants you to do. You hear that? So every opportunity, max out every one of those, seeking to understand what does God want me to do in this moment? What does God want me to do with this opportunity that's right here in front of me? Paul is telling the church at Ephesus there, listen, God is pouring out opportunities on you. Don't miss it. You, there's no rewind button when it comes to opportunities. There's no pause button. And God is pouring out opportunities on you, Ephesus. So make the most 
of every opportunity. And I think God's speaking that word to Grace Life today. Because he is so kind and gracious to us as a church family that he is pouring out kingdom opportunities, God-glorifying opportunities among us today. And he's saying make the most of all of those opportunities. Run to receive those opportunities God's pouring out. Or make the excuses. And stand back one day and listen to other people talk about what happened on that day. And what happened in that opportunity. Time's marching on. Those little first graders were going to blink, and they're going to be in their senior year. It's moving fast. This day's already halfway over, and I'm finding it gets faster every single day. I got an expiration date, and I don't know exactly when it is, but I'm closer to it in this moment than I was in the first service when I was preaching. And that's true of all of us. Time is a precious thing. And it's marching on. It's flying by. So let me give you quickly as we begin to close today three thoughts I want to leave you with when it comes to time and opportunity. Next Sunday, Lord willing, we'll be back in the book of Matthew just going verse by verse. I know we've been out of that now since July and today. And I'm eager to dive into the depths of that again. But we've needed some weeks just to have some family time to talk about some stuff. So let me give you some things to think about related to time and opportunity. Number one is this, time is a provided opportunity. Time is a provided opportunity. Paul said, make the most of every opportunity. Do you know why? Because God gave that to you. God provided you with that. Time itself is a provided opportunity. It's a gift from God. God has provided that to us. Today, this moment is time that God has provided it's an opportunity that God has given us. Look at verse 17. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't waste the moments and time that God has provided to you by not thinking about it. Don't be thoughtless about it. Approach each moment. Approach each opportunity with, with an intent to understand what does God want me to do in this moment. Attack the moments. Attack the time. Let's be aggressive about what God is providing for us, for his glory. That means let's not live reactively. Let's not let time and opportunities and situations and circumstances get us on our heels. But we're chasing after Jesus. We're saying, what would you have me to do with this time and in this moment and with this opportunity? Time is this provided opportunity. God has given us a lot of great gifts. Jesus would be number one. No argument about that. I'm not your friend if you think he's given us a better gift than Jesus. But I would put in the top ten of great gifts God's ever given us. Somewhere in the top ten, I'd have to put time. That's a sweet gift from God to us that he gives us time. It's not something we own. See, it's not my time. It's not your time. Time belongs to the one who's timeless. And he gives it to us to manage to steward well for his glory. And look, you get the same amount of it every day that I get. We all get the same amount of it, but the difference person to person is how you steward it, how you manage it, what you do with it. So I want you to know time is a provided opportunity, but two, I want you to know this, time is a present opportunity. It's a present opportunity. It's in the here and now I love it when God said to Moses, my name is I am. I'm not the God of the past tense. I'm not the God of the 
future tense. I'm the God of the present tense. I'm the great I am right here and now. Do you know the two days of the week that are the least productive and the least joyful for people? Nobody's ever told you? How many think it's Monday? How many think it's Saturday? How many think it's right now, Pastor? This is the least joyful and productive time in my week. Don't you raise your hands. The two least productive and joyful days of the week are yesterday and tomorrow. Yesterday and tomorrow. You know, the Bible warns us against living in yesterday. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, I am forgetting what is behind me. And when Paul says that, that means a lot. That means Paul had to forget the guilt of the past because he had that, didn't he? Sure he did, and so do you. So do I, and we need to let go of that. Paul had to let go of the glory in the past because he had a lot of things he could brag on and boast in, and you probably do too, but we need to let go of that. He, he had a lot of grudges maybe in the past, people that had hurt him and harmed him, done him wrong, done him dirty. But he had to let go of that to live in the present opportunity that God was putting in front of him. Don't let yesterday rob you of today's opportunity. But yesterday not only can rob you of today's opportunity, but tomorrow can too. Jesus warns us so many times about not worrying about tomorrow. Don't do that. We worry too much about tomorrow. When we worry about tomorrow, we're reaching in tomorrow and we're pulling tomorrow's troubles into today. And the problem with that is God has not promised to give us grace for tomorrow's problems. He's promised to give us grace for today's problems. So you need to leave tomorrow's problems in tomorrow and not drag them into today. I love what Adrian Rogers says. He says this, worry never takes the trouble out of tomorrow. It only takes the strength out of today. Worry never takes the trouble out of tomorrow. It only takes the strength out of today. Here's the deal. Look, if you're fighting tomorrow's battles today, you're going to show up out of breath to the battlefield tomorrow. It's one day at a time. So what I'm saying, time is a provided opportunity. God's blessed us with that. He's provided it. Time is a present opportunity. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. Right now in the present, third and last, time is a precious opportunity. We don't get it back. So to waste time... It's to waste a gift from God. To waste time is to waste an opportunity from the Lord. It's precious. These moments we have with our children, those, those days that we get to bring them to be with their church family. Do you see that excitement up here today? Wow. What a, what a precious opportunity that God gives us with time. Let me give you a challenge I've given you before. Two fundamental things about following Jesus that relate to time and opportunity, that I think out of that can flow so many amazing things in your walk with the Lord. Number one is this. Give God the first part of your day. Give God the first part of your day. Can we, can we just agree that God's a God that deserves the first and the best, not the worst and what's left? So give him the first part of your day. Take a moment and just call out to the Lord. Just speak to him. Open up his word, even if it's just for a brief moment and let him speak to you. In fact, I would suggest you're probably better off just reading a little and taking it in deep and meditating on what it is the Lord's saying out of that. Spend that moment with the Lord. Start each day like that. And then start each week that way. Give God the first day of your week. 
first day of your week's not Monday, it's Sunday. And I, I love that you're here today. I know not everybody can be here on Sundays, and they have to figure out what that looks like and how they worship the Lord. But we, we're making a declaration when we come together like this that Jesus, our Savior, rose from the dead on Sunday. And everything reset that day. It became the first of everything. And it's the first day. And we want to give God the first day of our week. And, and none of us are going to do that 100% of the time. If you noticed, I wasn't here last week, right? But the pattern of our lives and the posture of our hearts should be, God, I want to honor you with the first day of every week. It is different. It, it is different. It should be that way in our hearts and in our minds. And I believe if we'll make those two small commitments in our life, I'm going to give God the first part of each day. I'm going to give God the first day of each week. I, I think God's going to position us to not live foolishly, but to live wisely. I think he's going to position us to live where we're making the most of the time and the opportunities that God puts in front of us. Listen, some, some great life group moments are going to happen a week from this Sunday. And in the first hour, I said they're about to happen. But to y'all, I'm telling you, you're seven days away from those great life group moments. They're going to happen next Sunday. Opportunities are going to abound there that God's going to put before you. Don't miss it. And if you make excuses today, already seven days out, I hear people do that. Like I hear people planning to be tired. I just, I just know I got a lot going on next week, so I already know how I'm going to feel seven days from now. I'm going to be washed. You've already talked yourself into it, right? Let's not do that. If, if we make excuses from the jump, it's going to get easier. Let's not do that. Don't miss those opportunities. Some children's lives are going to be shaped Wednesday night when they come in this place together. Don't miss that opportunity. Some, some teenagers' lives are going to be shaped Wednesday night when they gather together. Don't let them miss that opportunity. Don't you let Junior drive the bus. That's your job. You drive him up there to that student center and kick his John Brown hind parts off the bus. Say, I'll see you at 730 some incredible fellowship time is going to happen this afternoon at the pavilion at the student center in the multi-purpose room. And look, if you're sort of new around here, maybe today's your first day, join the crazy. It's just crazy. It's just chaotic. It's wild. Just show up. And, and look, we'll grab a hold of you. We'll figure this thing out. But opportunities are going to abound tonight in these fellowships. Run to them, not away from them. God has encounters planned for so many of us in these moments. Don't skip out on these opportunities. God's planning opportunities for you to serve him this year some different ways. Some people in the worship ministry, Mark, scolded me because I never mentioned worship ministry or choir today. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe God's putting in front of you some opportunities to serve him. Don't miss those opportunities. God is pouring out the blessing of opportunities in front of us. And you get to decide today, am I going to run to it to receive it or am I going to run from it and make excuses? I got to answer for me. I, you got to answer for you. And here's the path to grab a hold of those blessings. You've heard this before, especially if you're here in the month of July. Be a worshiper. Is that who you are? Are you a worshiper of God? Every day. And then with your church family on Sunday. Are you a worshiper of God? Does that define your life? Are you a connector with other people? We say around here, worship, connect, serve, go. And I think some of you are taking that word connect to mean, oh, as long as I'm connected, I've checked the box. 
You've misunderstood what we've meant by that all these years. We mean for you to be a connector. Not just passively, yeah, I got somebody connected to me. But no, like a laser missile, heat-seeking missile. Like there's somebody that I sense they're not connected. I'm going to be a connector. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to meet them. I'm going to engage them. Hey, do you need some help? Can I show you around? Got any questions? Be that. Are you that? That's how you position yourself in these opportunities. Let's be worshipers. Let's be connectors. Let's be servers in God's church. Let's come to church like Jesus would come to church. He would come to church to serve, right? And then let's be people who are goers. We're going into the world to share and show the love of Jesus from our neighbors to the nations and all points in between. As we heard Pastor Johnny talk about last week, let's do that. And So I'm saying to you this morning, I just feel like here we are in August of 2023 and opportunities abound for us to make a difference in this world for Jesus like I've never seen before in my life. The, the right, I look out at y'all, the right people, I look around and man, it's the right place and it's got to be the right time because this is the time we're in, right? And I just feel like God is hanging our toes off the edge of that precipice this morning going, all right, who's going to run to these opportunities? Because they're not, they're not coming back around. They're here and they're gone. And we get to say, yes, Lord, in this moment. Can't change yesterday. Can't live in tomorrow. But before the great I am, here we are. What will we do? So, God, we bow before you grateful today. That through Jesus, because you have reconciled us to yourself through his perfect life, death and in our place at the cross, because you raised him from the dead, because you've given us your spirit, your word, your people, your promises, we find ourselves now at this time in this place in awe of how richly you continue to bless and the opportunities that you've set in front of us to give glory to your sweet name, to live for the praise of the one who gave his life for us. So Holy Spirit, would you work it deep into our hearts today that we would be people who would do as Paul challenged the church at Ephesus to do, help us to not live foolishly, not, not with so much set before us, but to live in wisdom. With our eyes on Jesus, making the most of every opportunity. I believe God's just speaking to some hearts here today, encouraging us, calling us out. Hang your toes over the edge and trust me, let's do this. Let's go. Let's, let's not live this season like we lived the last one. Let's not go August to December 23 like we did August to December 22. Let's follow him into the journey that he set before us. All he's waiting for you is for you to say yes. Let's go. So let's stand together and let's worship the Lord. I believe that you believe that he's worthy to hang our toes out over the edge. I believe that you believe that he is worthy for us to follow him wholeheartedly. I, I believe that about you, Grace Life. I believe that you believe he is worthy of every breath that we have. 
I believe that you believe he's worthy of every heartbeat that he gives us. I believe that you believe he is worthy of every moment of our day. I believe that you believe that he is worthy of every opportunity that he puts before us. I believe that you believe that he is worthy for me to lay my life down for his purposes and for his cause and for his kingdom. I believe that you believe that. Let's do it. Let's worship the Lord.